Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. We've been talking about Proverbs 23:23, 23, buy truth and don't sell it. It's kind of one of those verses that stay with you, I think. <clears throat> Buy truth and don't sell it. Get wisdom and understanding is the full verse. Hey, last night, church, we spoke about being teachable uh, on one of the first ways to buy truth is to be teachable and able to be corrected. Uh, and really, it's wisdom 101, isn't it, to be able to just learn from other people to be put right at times and never stop learning. And just as being teachable is vital to maturing in our faith, we soon find, uh, as a Christian, we're faced with a ton of choices. And some of them are big choices that make a long-term impact on our lives. Some of them... Uh, sort of medium-sized choices, and some of them are like, shall I have latte or cappuccino, you know, sort of the small things, the little day-to-day stuff. And um, the Word of God teaches us wise principles. The Word of God teaches us uh, many, many things that we can just say, those are other, the principles of God that work. And um, and there's just many thing, things in that in that Word of God that just shape and form our value systems, but but he, but God hasn't um, given us everything, everything we need to know. Uh, in his wisdom, he's left some things for us to find out on a daily basis or to figure out on a, on a daily basis. I, I believe the Bible, the Word of God, gives us all we need to know for this life, but there's so much more to know. There's so much more to know about God, and he reveals it to those who seek him. Little by little, we gain a bigger, bigger picture of his love, of his, his character, his ways, and ultimately, we won't know it all um, till we meet him. And then we might have some more questions. <laughs> that's how big God is. So that's why He has promised that the Holy Spirit is available, is to help us, is to come alongside, to come and actually live in us to be our guide, to be our teacher, living in us. And this morning my heart sank. I've got to be really honest, I was in a, in a little moment of panic. I wrote a list of the really vital pre-winter tasks that there were to do, obviously before winter. <laughs> and there were more tasks than there were days. <laughs> and I thought... Oh, rats, the summer's almost gone uh, without a proper break, and now it will be winter before we know it, you know. And I was having this little bit of a little moment there, and, uh, you know, I was thinking back, you know, we've had water, staff, and food issues seem to have dominated the last three months, and now we're on a countdown to next season. Uh, Amy's not too keen to hear this. (laughs) June 1st is like, this uh, marks a new uh, season in the dairy world. June 1 is the start of a dairy season. And, and everything we do kind of in, on the farm revolves around seasons. 
And the timing of tasks is crucial to success, and we're constantly having to prioritize. That's where I'm getting there. I'm getting there, guys. And that's what tonight's all about. We've got to prioritize. I'll learn to prioritize. So tonight, we are buying into truth by having a look at our priorities. Setting priorities is the first is putting the first things first. It's about putting the most important thing first. And it's just so easy to waste time, isn't it? And to waste our life on the small stuff that won't actually change much in the in the spiritual. So I was feeling swamped until I had time with Jesus. And I felt that was like this turning point. Uh, like Asaph in the middle of Psalm 73, until he went to the sanctuary, until I had time with Jesus, uh, I, I just was feeling this overwhelming pressure. And I read Proverbs 3. So if you've got your Bibles or, or uh, devices there and want to turn to Proverbs 3, we're going to read verses 1 to 12. My son... Verse 1, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body. Isn't that the truth? And refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. We talked about this last time. Or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Wow. Um, so... Something right there just leapt off the page, and it was actually verse right in verse 1. It just left, leapt off the page when I read, but let your heart keep my commandments. Let your heart keep my commandments. And I just knew immediately in that moment, God had, God had spoken to me. He had said, you know, it's about your heart, really. And uh, so I don't know about you, but I tend to overthink things. Who does that? It's so easy, isn't it, to think things out, analyze, process, you know, write screeds of lists. And sometimes our mind just needs to take a back seat. Sometimes our mind just needs to take a back seat and let our spirit or our heart lead us forward, our inner man the Bible, the New Testament calls it. Do you make decisions with your mind or with your heart? Both are important. You've got to think things through. And I'd encourage you in any big 
things that we've got to do, think it through carefully. Think it through. Do your research. But then if there's any check or you lose your peace in any way, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's who you're hanging around with. Maybe it's a job issue or, or something like that. But if you have got no peace about it, you just know in your heart. You know, there's people who've said, I knew walking down the aisle I shouldn't be marrying this person. You know, if you haven't, if you've got that check in your heart, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Verse 5 almost says the same thing in a different way. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You know, our mind's so precious and, and valuable. Uh, we've got to look after our mind, you know. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah. So look after your mind. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us love, power, and a sound mind. So verse 6 says almost the same thing about our priorities in all your ways. In other words, all your priorities, just acknowledge him in them. Bring him into it, and he will direct your paths. Well, I'm going to ask some friends to come up and help me in a moment, but uh, we're just going, to, just going to quickly cover Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. So in other words, uh, we are to, to value time, value our days. If you've got 12 things to do for the day and they're all important, which ones deserve your time? This is how I feel most days. So I felt it would be helpful to, to talk about it tonight because we have just this one life here on earth to make a difference. So we've got a panel of experts, <laughs> and we're going to ask them to come on up now. And uh, so while they're coming up and just sort of getting themselves organized, just tell the person next door to you uh, some of the things that fill up your day. Just have a moment, just a, a 30 seconds to a minute, just to tell, you know, yeah. So just before we kick in um, to to the hearing from our panel. Is there anyone want to say just what they've told somebody? What fills your day? What is it that really, yeah, what's, what's your one? Huh? Snapchat and hanging out with friends. That's an honest answer. Anyone else? Quickly? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, it's quite a big priority. Probably a medium-sized one, I'd say. <laughs> Anyways, just before we hear from these guys, um, we've got a little bit of a model uh, visual aid here thing. Our life is a little bit like a jar uh, that we can put things in. We can fill our lives with all sorts of things. And a lot of people just kind of fill it with all the little things. Just, you know, playing on, you know, PlayStation, gaming, movies, just watching heaps, hours and hours of TV, um, mucking around. You ask young people, what have you been doing lately? Oh, nothing. But they've actually been doing something, but it's probably just a whole lot of little rocks, just a whole lot of little things helping out around the house, hopefully, but it's a lot of little things. But, you know, if we fill that jar too high with the little things, there's just not going to be room for anything else, is there? 
And so we've got to think about what are the big rocks, what are the big things that are really important because they need to go in that jar before we fill around it all the sand and all the little stuff. So we're going to do that in a few minutes. But I'm going to ask Amy first if she could tell us uh, if priorities were rocks that you had to fit into just one jar representing your life, which rocks, large, medium or small, do you struggle with the most and why? Cool. Um, it's a good question. Actually, time with God, juggling that around kids is actually really hard. Anyone in here is a mum will know that time with God kind of changes a bit, especially when you've got kids under five. Um, so, but I think a big thing is when we don't, when we're not having that same time with God, sometimes it makes us not do anything. So I've kind of gone, no, I'm not doing that. So I play worship a lot, which brings a lot of peace to the home. Um, it helps me, keeps me calm, helps me make good decisions. Um, and I jump onto my Bible app because it's quick. So at least I'm reading something. Um, and so that's the main main things I do but um, the other thing is I struggle to have time with each individual kid um, and so I just have that in my mind so that I do try and do that and also time with Aaron to be honest is actually quite hard with little kids and so it's just like grabbing those little moments um, and yeah um, but yeah I believe with this question that life's actually a battle and the enemy actually wants me to not have a good relationship with Aaron, to not prioritise time with God, and to not really focus on each one of my kids. Um, so I've got to fight that battle, and um, yeah, and and also I think God, um, the enemy, sorry, wants me to live in my own strength as well. And so I'm just reminded of that that I need to to run to Him and put those big rocks in. Hey, Juliet, you're, um, you're a working person along with uh, Mark. You're a young couple we sometimes call as dinkies, double income, no kids. <laughs> um, how's that panning out for you, having time together? How can you answer that? Um, I actually struggle to, um, to fill in the jar with the small, small rock, rocks, so I feel like I have a lot of time with Mark, um, a lot of time to give to work. Um, and often I feel like I have too much free time and I struggle with the whole, well, we've got no kids now. Um, do I want to enjoy and do what Amy can't do, which is nothing? Um, <laughs> and do a lot of, <laughs> and do a lot of nothing. Or do I want to fill in that time with little things? Um, yeah, or do I want to, you know, while I can't, while, while I can not do anything, do nothing, and then not regret that. Oh, I didn't spend that time wisely. And it's just sometimes it's just, you know, shall we do more? Are we wasting our time? Um, you know, other parents would love to do what we do, which is Netflix and play Chinese poker. And <laughs> <laughs> but also, I know that for me to spend more time with God, which is something I struggle with, which is a big rock um, that is in the jar, is I have to eliminate small rocks. Um, things like social media, Instagram, Facebook. And for me, it's easier to completely delete them out of the jar than to manage big, small, big, small, big, small. So, um, 
yeah, I found myself for Lent um, just deleting Facebook, um, Instagram, and it's crazy how much more time you have when you remove them. Um, and I don't miss them. I honestly don't, and I challenge anyone to just delete the app because the, the time that you spend on that, I honestly, I'll go home and dinner's cooked, and I'm like, <laughs> what now? <laughs> what you know? What can we do? Um, and one of the first weeks I stopped was, I think it was a Wednesday youth group, and we never, we've never been to youth group, and we thought, shall we just go to youth group? And then you know, both of us were like, uh, but then you could Netflix, you could play Chinese poker, you could just go to bed early. But you know, then we sort of think, well. <laughs> really, is that really what God wants me to do tonight when there's the option of youth group? So we went, and hey, it was cool. So. And they were blessed, too, by you coming. So that's kind of a big rock, or medium-sized rock. <laughs> we'll put that in there, because I know Mark goes to a home group during the week, so that's a big rock. It's a good, good thing to prioritize. Andy, you're a busy man with a lot of responsibilities, busy at work, and... Um, and you've managed to, though, achieve a good work-life balance from where I see. <laughs> at times, we're looking at Roman. Um, how did you answer this question? There are so many different facets to this question, and uh, I read it a hundred times and yeah. took me 99 times to actually understand the question. <laughs> no, look, there's so many, so many facets, and, and I'm... Yeah, I've, I've said it several times before, and I actually mean it. I'm, I'm a reasonably simple guy, so I don't look too far back to find answers. But if I just look back into this last week, and there's just one glaring example that stands out to me. The big rock, one of my, my big rocks in my life is I've, I've had to learn to rely in my um, work life, in my, in, my uh, in, my, in my professional life on God. And... Sometimes I do it really well, and other times I absolutely suck at it. And Tuesday week, last week, I really sucked. I, I had this, this huge challenge, and I realized that it's actually been quite a while since I've given my professional life to God as well. And, you know, I've, I started relying on my own knowledge. I started relying on my experience from many years doing the same things i yeah probably was no not probably i definitely was far too much full of myself thinking oh you know how hard can it be and and it was very hard <laughs> so it, it's i've realized that this is a big rock really in my life because um as it is i'm, I'm a very practical person and you find me um i find it much easier to give my my practical gifts that God's given me my talents and to input into the into the uh, community you know you, you might find me you might see me doing things here and there and it comes really easy but when you have this practical experience and some things uh, come easy you sort of yeah you just start relying on yourself and so that was that was a Tuesday last week was not a good day I tell you and and it, I realized that uh the sand I used to fill my, my professional life was my own reliance, my experience, my I know this and how hard can it be. And then when I actually tried to fit the big rock in, the, the, the gift that's God given me, I sort of I found it, it didn't fit in. So we're getting a bit more sand in the jar. Yes, so, so that, was, that, was, that was definitely a difficult one. And, but also like Amy said, you know, when you 
when you get so busy, you get busy with kids, I get busy with work, I get busy with other things. The first thing that always starts suffering in my life is my time with God. Yeah, yeah. it's always the very first thing. If you have a busy day, you get up in the morning, it's easy to get out of the house quick than to sit down for even just five minutes and pray. So we'll go back to Juliet then. Next question. How do you go about deciding how you're going to spend your time? Um, depends. Uh, the question was sort of day, week, month, year. I probably don't really plan too far ahead. I don't tend to go what I'm doing, you know, in a few weeks or months or year. I think when I try to do that, often it's not at all what I thought would happen anyway. Um, <laughs> so I've just decided to stop. Um <laughs> But when it comes to day or week, it's sort of thinking, what do you have to do? You know, I have to go to work. Well, I could not, but there's obviously consequences to that. Um, mortgage. Um, <laughs> you know, what you want to do, what other people are asking me to do um, versus what God actually wants me to do. Um, so a little bit going back to sitting on the, on the bed thinking, shall we go to youth group, shall we not? I don't, I don't plan ahead a lot. I might look organized, but I'm not really planning ahead too much. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's thinking, hey, we haven't seen this person for a long time. Shall we plan to see them? Um, hey, I haven't called this person for a while. Should I do that? But I think for me, it's not too hard to decide what to do. Mark someone that can't say no. I can say no very easily. I probably have to learn to say yes more often. Um, I tend to want to just spend as much time in the comfort of I. Well, no, we're not in the house yet, so no. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But um, the whole comfort, the whole being at home, is something I enjoy a lot. Um, well, in Mark's company, not on my own. So it's probably yeah, just learning to say yes more. I feel like I have a lot of time, which. I feel bad to say that I have a lot of time because everyone goes into the opposite. I'm so busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. We're really not that busy. I'm, I'm going to give you some medium-sized rocks for that. <laughs> how, how about Amy? How, how do you... So um, Aaron and I went through a process some years back. I don't even think we were married. Yeah, oh, we must have been early married, but we did this thing where we um, developed a vision statement for our life. So we looked at all the things we're good at, all the gifts God had given us, what we're passionate about, the desires of our hearts. And then we actually, this is quite official way, we actually developed a vision statement. So I've got one, he's got one. Um, and so we, when with our priorities, it really starts with that. So we go back and look at our vision statement from time to time, and then we're like, um, yeah, we. Aaron's quite a visionary, so we do look ahead. So it's like we do sort of look to five, ten years, and then that, and our, you know, start with our vision statement, look ahead, um, and then how does that shape our our year? How does that shape our months? How does that shape our weeks? Um, and it's quite good having the vision statement because then when people ask you, do you want to be part of this? Do you want to do this thing? We can look at our vision statement and go, does that fit within who we are? Um, which heaps of things could, but then it's also going, we've chosen to have kids. Um, we've chosen to be married and stay married. So it's kind of, yeah. So we start with that and work our way down to our days. 
yeah, it's quite good. Cool. Hey, well, we're going back to Andy, and we're going to ask the next question. What's been the biggest challenge balancing your time? The biggest challenge balancing my time is that, as probably for most of you, I'd say 75% of my time, other people decide what I have to do with it. And I'm not at school anymore, just in case you haven't figured it out, but I go to work. And uh, there is so many things, and then we have these, what they call OKRs, which means basically stuff you got to get done in a certain time. So you got to make sure, you know, you, you have all these people having demands on you, and then something doesn't work, and then you have to go and see a farmer to work things out, and, and all of this. And and then there's family, and then there's church, and then there's community. And, and sometimes, you know, it's like, 13, 14 hour days, and that's work. And then you want to spend time with your wife. You know, you want to spend time with the one son that's still at home because the other one just moved out. <laughs> I should get a lolly for that, by the way. <laughs> no, it, I, I find that a, a big challenge. You know, I, I honestly, I find that a big challenge. Yeah, so learning what's the important thing. And yes, when you're at work, there's work, but when you come home you really have to spend time with what's important and uh, yeah that's that's a bit of a challenge sometimes but I have a very good wife who tells me what we need to do and we we she makes sure we go away often enough so I get away from the distractions at home and yeah that's, that's good sounds good I gave you some some mediums for that yeah, some medium rocks for that. Okay, what's one word of wisdom regarding your time or values you can share with us tonight, Juliet? What's one word of wisdom? Um, my 31 years of wisdom. Um, one thing that I read quite a while ago that really sticks with me is um, you're completely replaceable at work, you're not at home. I know, <laughs> I know, right? Um, for me, family has always been number one, work has always been... Not at the bottom of the list, but definitely not above family. And I I struggle with people who don't spend enough time with their families. So I think that's something that, um, yeah, that hits hard for a lot of people. Otherwise, there's um, if you do struggle with priorities and what, you know, when you, you have a, a big to-do list, is actually, um, you can Google it, it's a, um urgent versus important matrix. So it's just a little square and you've got what's urgent and important, what's urgent, not important, what's important, not urgent. And it just tells you, okay, well, this is what you should do first. I think it helps, especially people with to-do lists. So yeah, urgent versus important um, matrix, I think it's called on Google. It's really helpful. Cool. So your one word mainly of advice is that you're not irreplaceable. Uh, no, you're not Yes, so don't think that only you can ever do that thing. Yeah, what's your one word, Amy? Just to wrap this up, we'll go quickly along. Yeah, or or a phrase. Yeah, what's a? I don't know if I can do one, but just really quickly, um, I believe that you never arrive at perfect life balance; that it's a constant assessment. Um, but. I believe that if you are living in tension, then that's actually a good thing because it means that you're stretching your gifts and your faith. Um, and if you're reflecting on your time um, and thinking about it, then you will be intentional. Whereas if you're just blasé, 
let it slide, whatever, whatever, then yeah. Um, and our other big thing that Aaron and I live by a bit is that if you give time to being outward focused, it actually saves you from yourself. Yes, that's a good one. Okay, saves you from yourself, looking out. Andy, just wrapping this up. I do the German thing when the Germans want to make a, a really long word, they just oh, you know just hang like twenty different words together. It's just one word. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I can't find one word to sum this up. But probably um, what, what Jesus what Jesus said. What were the most important commandments? You know, love God with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. By the way, that. That, that is quite an important sequence. Don't try to love God with only your mind because you're not going to get it done. You have to first love him with your heart. So love God with your heart, with your soul and your mind. And then the second commandment is um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then after this, everything falls into place. And when I put myself before any of these other two commandments, things sort of fall apart. But when you love God and when then you love people, you get fun, you get joy, you get all these different things. Uh, so, so for me, that that's probably how I would sum it up. Awesome. Hey, well, let's give these guys a big hand and thank you for your insight and wisdom. And uh, so I've got I just got three things to add um, as a sort of a quick word. One thing is that we've seen that um, if our jar has only got little stuff in it, there's just not going to be room for anything big and important. And our life isn't really going to change this world very much. If it's only big rocks, we probably are missing out on some of those small things that really like add to life, those little things. But if you put the big rocks in and the medium ones, the little stuff can just fill all around over top of those big things. The next thing I want to share is that our life is a bit like a rubber band. If we're not doing enough, it's like it's just slack. You know, it's not, not worth anything to anybody, a slack rubber band, except to wait for its big moment. But if you stretch a rubber band too much, you know what happens, it breaks. So our, 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 our life is designed a bit like a rubber band where it's designed to stretch, like a Amy just shared. It does, we, God wants to stretch us into some new things tonight, I believe. And if you've only just been sitting in front of a gaming station, maybe this is a night to stretch you and realize that there's other things. Join a home group, go along to youth group, do some of those things for other people that we've talked about. My third thing is that I learned a long, long time ago that perhaps it's easier to make just short-term goals and don't get sweat the big, big stuff. You know, like I found that I was sweating over this thing that I didn't have this five, ten-year vision and blah, blah. I just started making three-month visions, just three-month visions, so I could see where I want to be in three months. That was really, really liberating and helpful for me at that time and still is really to this day. I just find looking back how God's led us, Jenny and I, in so many ways we could never have dreamed of and wouldn't have known what was going on in the future. But he's kind of just been our, our rock. He's led us. And we just have to make those little short-term goals. So here's a few other little bits and pieces to, to, to ponder on. Wise people become rock choosers. I think Amy touched on that. Unwise people just let the rocks choose them. 
Priorities are like different sized rocks that are going to fill our lives. Our life is, yeah, we've said that. Um, <clears throat> you know, nature can't actually handle a vacuum. Things rush in. Uh, that's what makes sails work. It's what makes airplanes' wings work. Is they create a vacuum and the plane gets pulled into it. It's a bit like the Auckland traffic. Uh, when you drive a truck and trailer through the city, uh, you leave a nice little gap because you know you're going to take longer to break and someone whips into your gap just in front of you because they see that you've left a little gap. It's like the Auckland traffic. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you don't do anything, all your life will be full of is all the sand, okay? you got to decide to do something with your life. Um, so Matthew 6, 33, uh, wrapping this up, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Uh, the big rocks, the small rocks, and the sand will all be added into your life. God knows what you need. He's a God who wants to sort of fulfill and provide for us, uh, fulfill our dreams and provide for us. So this verse really is one of the best verses on priorities that I know. When God's kingdom is our top priority, it changes everything else we put in the jar. Amen? You might be asking, why would I put that first? The answer is because when we get a revelation of what Christ has done for us and our salvation and what we're designed for, everything else makes sense. This is the biggest rock of all rocks because it determines where we're going to spend eternity. Young people, I just encourage you to follow Jesus and keep close to him and don't let all the sand and stuff wash away those big dreams. Finally, Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. You see, we are now the place where God wants to live. And our bodies and our, our, our minds and our spirits are where he wants to live. It's a Yielding that term is our holy and acceptable sacrifice. And it says it's our spiritual service of worship. So worship is not just what we do here. It's when we step out into the world this week, wherever we go at work, whatever we say at work, whoever we talk about, whatever we, what values we share at, at the party, at work, at sports, whatever. We are worshiping God through being consistent. From these two verses, we get the most important rocks sorted in our life. Amen? So that's Matthew 6, 33 and Romans 12, verse 1. Uh, just to wrap up, finally we get to, yeah, to put all these small rocks in. So when the jars fall with the right rocks in order, we experience what Jesus said in John 10, 10. What did he say in John 10, 10? I came. That you, that you might have life and life in all its fullness. So we can't alter the jar that we're given, That's the life we start with. We, there's so many things we can't alter. Our height, our age, when we were born, you know, um, our place in the family, our parents, all of those things. We can't, but we can, we can start by saying what, what's going in 
to that life? What are we going to put into that life? What are we going to commit to? And where are we going to end up? And we know that if we ask Jesus, he will show us all those things in good time. Are we going to make our life worth living? Christ-like character and choices, good choices? That's up to us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for these uh, good words of wisdom tonight about putting you first. We ask that we again would just come to that altar and say, Lord, we put it all on the altar for you. We just place our life, uh, what it's worth and, and what, it's, what it's about and what you've gifted us with. We just give those things back to you, Lord. We know that that is um, the right thing to do in worship. It's not only right, it's, it's our calling to follow you. And so, Lord, we pray for a greater measure of faith as we step out of here tonight. We pray for greater determination to get a, a good balance, to, to have a life that's going to mean something for you for eternity, for all of eternity. The things we've sown in this life will be reaped in, in all of eternity. Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful privilege and for Jesus. In your beautiful name, amen.